0: You are Locked On Padres, your daily San Diego Padres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of not just the Locked On Padres podcast, but also the Locked On Phillies podcast. I am being joined by the host of Locked On Phillies, Connor Thomas, My first time talking to you, mate. We're going to be talking Padres and Phillies. Of course, this upcoming series is going to be fun. But most importantly, I got to ask, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great, Avi. How about yourself,
0: man? (laughs) I'm doing pretty good, man. I mean, both of our teams coming off of really fun developments, fun series wins, if I'm not mistaken. You guys, thank you. Thank you. I I just want to thank you, first of all, for taking down the the, the wackest team, dare I say, in baseball. I mean, in in a
1: lot of variety of ways
0: no bias. I didn't see it coming. I definitely
1: didn't see it coming, but I'm, I'm absolutely happy to do that for you. Yeah, absolutely. And, that, and you're right. You didn't see it
0: coming. I imagine that's because you had a nightmare of a series uh, against the New York Mets and a lot of just really miscues and bullpen stuff and that defense and whatnot. Just really quickly, just state what is the current state of the Philadelphia Phillies? Because I know Philadelphia sports in general, uh, just in chaos right now. Shout out to the 76 yeah. but
1: What's going on with the Phillies?
0: Anything kind of uh, jumping out to you immediately before we get in more in-depth?
1: Yeah, so here's the thing with the Phillies. It's been weird, right? So the team actually hasn't been all that bad as the fan base would make them out to be. The issue is, right, you're in a 10-year playoff drought, and then you go out and you go mm-hmm. into the luxury tax for so the first time in franchise history when you bring in Nick Castellanos in addition to signing Kyle Schwarber, adding some bullpen help with some veteran guys like Brad Hand and Juris Familia, and you get that whole offseason like, okay, the fancy you make the big moves. They expect you to come out and, okay, you're going to win like 20 of your first 25 games. That doesn't yeah. happen for anybody. So mm-hmm. it's kind of been that expectation of like, oh, they're, they're underachieving because we had huge expectations, but they really haven't been. It's been a slightly slower start. But in all of their games leading up to this series with the Dodgers, and even leading up to this West Coast trip with the Mariners with the series that they just won earlier in the week, like parts of the team have been running all the way through. Like The offense has looked good in games. The starting pitching has looked really good in games. The bullpen has looked really good in games. So they haven't put it all together. And this road trip is the first time this season where they've really put it all together. So I haven't been worried because I know I've seen parts of the team succeed. And I'm like, okay, they got the talent level. They have the ability. It's just got to all mesh together. But the fan base has been a little antsy, I'll say, because they've been waiting to see it come together. Yeah, they really have. Philadelphia? No. Right? (laughs) Believe it or not. (laughs) We've already had calls for like Joe Girardi's job, which honestly, yeah, honestly, I've been slightly a part of considering how he's handled the bullpen and some decisions he's made and them not renewing his contract this offseason. But like it it was a rough start and now it seems like they're settling into what we thought this team was going to be, which is a really, really good offensive team and a team that they're going to have to hit their way into wins and they've been doing it on their West Coast swing.
0: Yeah, I actually wrote for uh, Just Baseball for people who are familiar with my podcast. They know the website. Great website. Um, one of my recent articles I wrote about was the top five like easiest teams to root for. And I actually put the Phillies on there because I just find it so much fun that they were like, So we have a bad defense and we have some bullpen problems and weird starting pitching. We're going to add more offense. Screw all of your numbers. We're going to slap the ball. We're going to win by football scores. We don't care. There's a possibility that this is like the most fun 88, 89. Hey, if things work out, obviously higher than that type of team where they're just winning games by a score of 75, seven to five every single time. Right. Because of the negative defense of both. Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber obviously last year among the worst at the position and defensive run saved and outs above average, but they signed both of them and they're like screw it. Let's just have MVP Bryce Harper. You still have JT real Muto in Segura is just such a solid hitter very mm-hmm. secretly. Actually too. Yeah, it's right. like uh just for the past, like you kind of know what you're gonna get. And while it's not necessarily a guy who's gonna give you seven war every year, he just hits like two ninety, three hundred decent on base stuff and gets you hits. And he's done that every year for a while now. So very underrated, I think, in Gene Segura, someone the Pyters will have to look out for. But yeah, I think that the Phillies they're definitely not as top loaded as maybe in past years where it was just Harper and JT and then you were like, oh my God, what else do we have? Um, This is going to be a really telling series because the Padres are the other way around, where their team is very starting pitching uh, bent.
1: They're
0: going to have Mike Clevenger, Hugh Darvish in this series, and Blake Snell returning to make his season debut, uh, as well as a bunch of other guys. While their hitting has been carried by, I know, Connor, you might not be familiar with this, a bit on my podcast, is I do not name, by name, uh, the person who plays first base for the Padres. You can (laughs) say that's just fine. It's a personal thing. I know he's been great. The part is it's working. <laughs> Bullying I works, feel like I should be respectful and men.
1: not bring it up. I don't want to ruin <laughs> what you're doing there and working for it's, that. So I feel I feel like I can't either. <laughs> it's fine, man. I I get
0: it. But if you would like to, it's 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 open for. Uh, it's open for interpretation. At some uh, point, I might it, slip yeah. into it. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. But him and Manny Machado have been kind of carrying the Padres' offense in a lot of ways this year. Machado's still leading the, the league in F4, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so very diametrically opposed teams, I would say, so far, is that the Padres have excellent pitching, and then the Phillies have incredible offense. Although, I don't know. Let me start off by asking you this, because I was about to take a slight at their, their starting pitching. Wheeler's been a little bit beat up. That's kind of been the, the, vow, the vibe with him, but he was like a Cy Young sort of contender last year and even the year before to an extent. What mm. do you think of Aaron Nola? Aaron Nola, who let me down in fantasy yeah. baseball last year. I mean, he couldn't get me a quality start to, say, to save my life. I, I, it's, it's all I was asking for really. Yeah. Um, but I'm asking he have you, that
1: in him last year. Yeah.
0: is Aaron Nola actually good, or is this a guy that we're just kind of obsessed with the strikeout stuff and the pitch mix what is kind of the vibe on him? Because I imagine it must be a little frustrating sometimes.
1: No, Aronola is great. Aaron Aronola is an elite pitcher. Here's the issue: he's not consistent. Okay, here we go. All he's right. not. He's not consistent. Is my problem. So like he'll come out, and like last year there was a point where he goes up to Citi Field and he sees the Mets, and he ties Tom Seaver's record for most consecutive batters struck out. Like he has. He's like, I like to do a lot of like cross sports analogies. He's like that mm-hmm. three and D basketball player that just gets ridiculously hot sometimes. And mm. his, like his heat check is unbelievable. Like he'll have games yeah. where he's the best pitcher on the planet. Yeah. And then you'll need him to win a series and he'll look like he should be in AAA. So that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing. Like his ceiling is incredibly high, but he's not consistent. Zach Wheeler, you're going to get basically the same thing from him every time. That's why he was the Cy Young runner up in the NL last year. Uh, Guys like Ranger Suarez, who he's taking a step back based on what he did last year, but he's relatively consistent. Zach Eflin, Kyle Gibson, those guys are more like they've got a frame of reference for about how they're going to pitch. Nola's one of those guys where it's like one day he could be a Cy Young winner and the next day he could be a guy that looks like, how is he in this rotation? And that's the biggest issue, because when you want to put somebody, when you want to put the ace moniker on someone, which I think rightfully has been given to Zach Wheeler on this team after what he did last year. But Aaron Null is in that conversation when he's at his best. But when you want to put that on somebody, you expect them every time they take them out to be that guy. And he just isn't consistent enough to this point to be that guy in my mind. So that's the biggest thing. Like you can catch him on any given day and he could look like he doesn't deserve that type of praise but really he has that ability so it's like what guy are you getting any given day that's aaron nolan in a nutshell to me
0: yeah i mean he's he definitely has the stuff right i mean he's has oh, for it's sure. just you're right the consistency right like the the fact that mm-hmm. hey i mean if you bought low on him in fantasy baseball this year congrats he's definitely probably been better than where you drafted him he's got a 3.64 uh, era right now he has that sh- swing and miss stuff obviously and what i mentioned with the pitch mix the mm-hmm. fact that Basically, of four pitches that he throws, the equal amount of the same time. So he, yeah. it's just what version are you gonna get? That's right. What is bad Andy Dalton show up or good Andy Dalton showing up? Bad Baker exactly. Maker, all those type of guys, right? Which version is showing up? Or the Carson Wentz, right? Which which year is it? Or is oh, he just don't bad? bring up that's Carson cool. Wentz. I bet <laughs> <laughs> you're bringing have up have nightmares for really me, hard. Yeah,
1: I got <laughs> I <have it. laughs>
0: to. Um, but that's the whole question there. But you know what has always consistent been consistent, Connor. What's that? The best protein bars in all the land, my built, friend. Built bar. <laughs> <laughs> They're the best. They're the best. And I want to talk about not just the Built Bars, which are great. They've got chocolate, peanut butter, personal favorite, uh, apple almond crisp. My mom's favorite is Cherry barcia. They've got those, but they also have these little puff things. Almost compared with, you know, like Almond Joy, they've got the big... Um, and then they had the mounds that's kind of like the bill has got going on here and they've got this new flavor birthday cake which basically imagine if you were having that birthday cake frosting but then all of a sudden you looked at the macros and you're like oh wow this is only 150 calories and only 16 grams of sugar uh or and 16 grams of protein i should say uh that's kind of what happens when you have these birthday cake puffs man go check them out i got them kind of i don't know if you got them but Bro, have I got them?
1: Excellent. Come on, yeah. I got them. Yeah. Let's
0: there go. We go. There's someone on the network who was, said like that their address 120,
1: 120 pounds soaking wet before I started eating built bars. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. No, they're they're fantastic.
0: You got to check them out. What I love about them, aside from all this stuff, right? They've got always new flavors coming out. That's what I love as well. Um, if you guys want to go check them out, go to built.com and use that promo code locked15 and you can get 15% off your order. Remember that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off the best built bars in all the lands, the best protein bars, I'm sorry, in all the lands at built.com. <clears throat> Just want to remind everybody also really quickly, go check out Lockdown Phillies, Lockdown Padres. we were free and available on all platforms. Connor, let's keep it rolling because I'm super excited for this series because we're going to be seeing some of the best players in baseball here, but, Kind of, I'm wondering also now about the Phillies, what kind of, I I feel like, you know, while they're a little bit better than they used to, there's definitely probably a little bit of a depth thing, right? Where Didi Gregorius, that Bryson Stott didn't necessarily turn out the way maybe Philly fans, that he could break out and be that, you know, they're Jake Cronenworth almost Mm -hmm. per se, right? Be that prospect guy that can come up and be good immediately. What are some like kind of things that the Phillies are going to be looking for? for in this series, do you think, or just in general? Like, who are some guys that need to step up that aren't the obvious ones, right? Because you know Castellano, so yeah. sure and Harper and JT Real Muta, right? Who are some under-the-radar guys that have maybe been underperforming that need to step it up?
1: Yeah, no, I got you. Stott's definitely an interesting one. And Didi Gregorius on the IL right now. He may come back for this series. So he's getting right in that time frame where he could make his return. And that's the only reason Stott is back up with the Major League team. Even though two nights ago in LA against the Dodgers had a very nice game. A couple RBIs, three hits, I believe, in that one. So he's just a young player who's going to go through growing pains. And that's his deal. And I haven't lost faith in him at all. If he still plays, he's certainly one of those guys that you're going to have to look at. But another one, that you're taking a peek at whoever's playing center field, whether it be Roman Quinn, if it's yeah. Matt Vierling, if it's whoever they decide to go with out there in center. Having that little extra bit, because you brought it up, you know what you're getting from Castellanos, you know what you're getting for Schwarber, Harper, Hoskins, Romuto, even. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Reese Hoskins is probably another guy because he's had a really, really slow start to the year. He's had a couple big moments. He had a grand slam against the Mariners that ended up being a difference in a game that won them that series out there in Seattle. But like a lot of people are questioning Reese Hoskins ability with his slow start to the year. So between him and who's ever playing center field, those are the guys that are going to take you from being like you look good in the series to winning a series, especially when you're playing a team. Like the Padres, who are a very mm-hmm. talented team competing in a stacked NL West. You got the Giants to worry about. You got the Dodgers to worry about. So like I'm focused on those two guys. But man, we've been all Phillies. We got to talk about Slam Diego and what the <laughs> Phillies have to look out for with you guys coming in. Because, like, obviously, you'd like to have a slightly better start to the season, but I don't think you guys have underperformed, especially mm-hmm. considering considering what's going on with Fernando Tatis and everything there. What do the Phillies have to look out for with the Padres coming into town?
0: Yeah, I mean, for the Phillies, one thing that's going to be really fun to watch the series is the debut of Blake Snell, who, for the most part, been kind of a miss for the Padres so far uh, in his you know short tenure with the team. Last year's kind of a mess. He was getting lit up. He wasn't going long into games. But then something fun happened, and that was basically in August when he was, I say this ad nauseam on my podcast, but led the league in strikeout percentage. He Focused more on his fastball, kind of abandoned that curveball and changeup stuff that he was doing, and just focused on those two pitches almost exclusively, and was awesome. And then they brought in Ruben Niebla, pitching coach out of Cleveland. So there's a lot of hope that Snell can really redeem uh, what has been pretty disappointing, especially for what was supposed to be that blockbuster awesome trade, right? Like the Phillies made all these moves in the offseason. The Padres were the kings of the previous offseason, just in terms of making noise. So that's the thing you're going to be watching out there. Darvish really up and down, uh, gives up a lot of hard stuff. He hasn't even been striking out that many batters, so he's a little bit of a concern. Mike Clevenger just coming back from Tommy John. He's made two starts. That'll be interesting. But some Is under he going to have guys, like but... the
1: ponytail stuff? Oh, yeah. Is he going to have like <laughs> yeah. the, the pigtails for his yeah. next start? <laughs> he totally
0: changed his vibe. Mike Clevenger, we're a little bit of a weirdo, uh, comes to not necessarily the hair, but just everything. The way he
1: yeah.
0: tweets. I've mentioned this on, the, like, the, the Tumblr 2010 type of font, with, like the, the, using, like, Dark Knight quotes and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, okay. This I kind of like that. I kind of like my pictures of, oh, of players in general. It's just be a little
1: weird. Have that, like, weird edge to them. That's Absolutely.
0: All um, I don't know what exactly we we're going to get from any of the starting pitchers, honestly, for the Padres there. But I would say the other thing for Phillies fans is, in terms of, like, some under-the-radar guys, it's probably Hassan Kim. Um, Hassan Kim is a guy who the Padres signed after being dominant in the KBO. It was kind of disappointing in his first year, right? Uh, he bat like 200, 270 on base. He wasn't doing much, but he was an elite defender, so there's at least that value. And this year, in this series that is just against the Braves, hit a huge home run in the in the game on Friday, it was. And then he had two doubles in the Sunday game. He's not becoming you know, like any anyone that will make the Phillies necessarily impressed when it comes to an offensive standpoint, but just as a nice little bench, not bench piece, but like that under-the-radar kind of depth guy who's going to be able to play third for you sometimes. He can play shortstop, and he can play really good defense, and he's clearly gotten better with the bat. He's pulling the ball a lot, but he's turning those into fly balls, and that's resulted in doubles and more extra base hits and such. So Kim is definitely that underrated player, I think, that has been really key for the Padres because rest of the team, their bats Oh, man. Uh, it can be frustrating sometimes. Um, Jerkson Profar, he's been fun in the outfield defensively. He's had some big hits for the team, too, but I think he's still batting below 200 at the time of this recording. Um, and then you've got guys like Lou Voigt just came back from the I.L., but his power hasn't necessarily been there. Grisham, who I've gotten some flack for, looks... He's not the Trent Grisham from 2020, right? This is this is actually becoming a little scary right now, where the Padres thought they really found a hidden gem, and now it's more of like, is this guy a a fourth outfielder. So there's a lot of questions with a lot of bats on the Padres um, from guys that people probably expected to be better. Uh, Jake Cronenworth has been a little bit of in a slump to start this season. It's basically been Machado and the first baseman who must not be named and some spot plays from awesome Kim every now and then, right? So that's what you have to look for for the Padres in terms of their kind of whole team makeup, I'd say, when it comes to their, their batting.
1: Okay. And a guy you haven't mentioned. I just want to bring this up just because of the familial <laughs> ties with this one. Austin Nola. What's going on? Is there any worry <laughs> yeah, that he's right. going to be the Nola that shines because Aaron is not going to pitch against you guys? Is he going to steal the spotlight because he gets the opportunity? Uh, I, I remember him yeah. being a young player uh, a couple times that the Phillies have seen him and not really fully coming into his own in the major leagues, but it seems like he's making some waves, like slightly to be the guy there to catch and be the predominant, like starting catcher for the Padres. What have you seen from him so far this year?
0: ah oh, man it's it stinks they traded ty france for this guy um <laughs> which is like the Yeah, best you see thing what Ty france guy. is doing
1: like oh my god he killed us in that series with seattle
0: i know i know he did that's why i brought him up look it's in a vacuum it's it's obviously a bad trade but i get you know they needed a catcher they didn't want to do the francisco mejia austin hedges platoon forever But Nola, I mean, when he was actually playing for them, for the Padres, like he was a decent hitter when you compare him to other catchers, right? And even last year, even though he only played 56 games, 270 average, 340 on base, I'll take it. I don't care if he's not hitting balls out of the park. But this year, he's had some frustrating moments where I'm just like, I just want a little bit more from the guy, walk a little bit more, make better contact. He's been frustrating, and it doesn't look great considering how amazing uh, Mr. Ty France has been over in Seattle. The hope here is that he can just be okay. Uh, Nola has been, the catching has been a little bit frustrating for the Padres because they have Luis Campizano, one of their top prospects, who they keep calling up and then sending back down. And it's not like Jorge Alfaro and Austin Nola have been incredible. By the way, I am very much look forward to when Jorge Alfaro swings at some pitch that is closer to where you and I are then it is
1: closer to the plate. It's Dude, gonna happen. I I've promise. been there, man. I remember seeing those days when he was with the Phillies before we moved him. Uh, yeah, like I've seen that,
0: man. Or how far? I mean, he had that great Mother's Day revenge game against the uh, against the Marlins. But mm. man, he's he's rough sometimes. But yeah, when it comes to the, the catching stuff, maybe the the rare family vengeance game. I don't know. I don't I don't know about their actual family, but the the rare like. Maybe that's a little bit of an error that could come from the series. Maybe he'll wake up. Maybe he'll hit against Aaron Nola. I would love to see that. I don't know if he's scheduled to pitch actually in this series. He's though. not. Aaron he's Nola. throwing today he's against not, the Dodgers,
1: not. so he's currently on the hill, or he was uh, when he came down here. So yeah, yeah, that would have, have been fun. It. But he'll definitely be in attendance. So. Maybe he'll want a ball out, right? Maybe he'll want a ball out. Yeah, and such. Exactly. That could
0: be. That could be really. fun. I hope but. he doesn't,
1: but he he very well could. So that's a cool moment. <laughs> and, like any time though, you could be like brothers and play against each other. In Major League Baseball, that's incredible. That's always a fun story. Man. Yeah,
0: absolutely. But you know what else is fun? What is? Connor, you know what else is fun? When you save money in general, I'm honestly in general, not even what I'm about to talk about. Just saving yeah. money in general is awesome. But I want us to talk specifically about car stuff. I don't know anything about cars personally whatsoever, but I can tell you the folks over at Rock Auto, they've got you covered with all your, your car-related needs and whatnot, guys. You. Save time and money when using rock auto Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership, right? like wh- Why? Why would you do that? It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. For example, no reason. Honda Odyssey fuel pump. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: No, I was saying there's no reason to do that at all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no reason. It doesn't make any sense, man. You know I mean? uh For example, their Honda Odyssey fuel pump. It costs 216. Compare that to a chain store, which is 353 dollars, and you can tell what I'm talking about, guys. Family business, serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, reliable prices, and they have everything, new carpet, motor oil, tail lamps, whatever you need, they've got you covered. And their website is really easy to navigate for schmucks like me that know nothing about cars. So guys, go explore their website today to find a solution to your auto part needs. And when you do that, by the way, go to rockauto.com right now, and write Locked on in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliable prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com.
1: Mm. All right, so Javi, I know we've been yeah, talking man. this series and we're very zoned mm. in on what's going on in the next three days. Well, I guess not the next three days as we're recording this because they've got no. Monday to get ready for the series. But something that I think is very interesting let a, a nice juxtaposition of our two franchises, we're mm-hmm. going to be fighting for that same wild card spot in the national league yeah. as things come down. Now, of course, when Tatis comes back, you might be able to make a run at the division, especially if the Dodgers stay as cool as they're going right now and if the Giants mm-hmm. eventually fall off. And the Phillies, who knows if they'll catch the Mets or not. But we're very much in the same spot where we're in competitive divisions where we could end up coming down to like late September and it could be, man, I hope Hobby's team loses so we can get a spot in. Mm-hmm. What is the mindset of the for San Diego right now? Are you guys still in the, hey, we're going to compete for the division? Or is it, man, our way in is the wild card?
0: It's tough. I still think it's probably wild card. Because even if you're kind of, this is, and I've said this a lot, where a lot of people pretty understandably have expected that the Giants will fall back down to earth. Um, because they lose Buster Posey. They lose Kevin Gosman. And you're just kind of looking at the rest of their roster, and you're saying, well, you know, Brandon belt a year older, Brandon Crawford, do we really think he's going to be that great offensively again? But my thing is they still won 107. So even if they do take that, that decline is only to like 93 games. And I say only, by the way, with quotes, where it's like, that's still a pretty good team, so they're still going to be competitive. For them to finish below 500, I mean... I actually really need to go. I would have to look back for a while. The last time a team went from winning that, like a 20 game drop off, you know what I'm saying? That would be pretty nuts. Obviously you have your Oakland A's because they just trade everybody. That's what the Oakland A's do every year. But when it comes to teams that don't necessarily do that, and they're still trying to be competitive, that's, that's a hard sell for me. So I think they're probably still aiming for the wild card. and fans are like, yeah, I mean, let's kind of aim for that. There's an extra spot anyway. They can do it. Um, And I think the other mindset really wish we were in the NL central because the NL central is like, yeah, right. We're not going to do anything in the off season. We're not going to make any moves. Uh, Hey, we're the Milwaukee Brewers. We haven't been to the world series since the late eighties. This is the most stacked free agent class. No, no, no. We're actually not going to do anything. We're Mm. just going to bring on uh, your old friend, Andrew McCutcheon, uh, my old friend, uh, Hunter Renfro. But like, really? That's all we're doing. Yep. Because we're going to keep selling our fans on that for some reason having the 20th best payroll, despite having a three-headed Hydra of a rotation and winning 95 games, it's actually better that we don't yeah. do anything. Anyway, listeners to my show, know yeah. that I hate the Brewers this year. I have a team every year that I hate for not trying, right. and this year it's the Brewers. Um, okay, so it's not like the Reds or the A's? Come on. Oh, no, no, no. It's, <laughs> still, it's still those teams, yeah. but I will say there's it's, it's new this year because the Brewers, it's like, like, man. Yeah, you have what a you Cy doing? Young winner. You also have yeah. Brandon
1: Woodruff. You have an unbelievable, yeah. like you still have Josh Hader in the bullpen like that. Yeah.
0: And and yeah. what I will say is up to the Brewers being in the last time was like late 80s. The Rays have at least been in like the ALCS, the World Series multiple times. So I do, I don't give them a full break, but it's like, hey, Brewers, you guys haven't even made it that far in a while. Why is your whole thing stop right now? Like that, that doesn't make any sense to me. But yeah, yeah. that's another vibe. Uh, Maybe just for me, for Padres fans, where it's like, really wish we were in the central because then I could absolutely see them coming out on top. And honestly, with the Phillies, I could see that as well, because with teams like the Braves and with teams especially like the Mets, uh, a really tough division to win for sure.
1: No, I totally get that. And the other thing that I want to talk to you about is kind of expectations, right? So we're in a middle of a we're heading into our 11th year. Straight Mm -hmm. without playoffs. So full 10-year playoff drought here in Philadelphia. And I understand it hasn't been that long for San Diego. But you guys haven't been to the World Series since 1998. And that was obviously a loss in that World Series. What's the... Like, what's the feeling of the fan base? Because obviously West Coast versus East Coast is very different. The temperament of the fan base can be different. Is there like a pressure on this team? Or is it just like, oh, okay, they've done something. They've got Machado. They've got a strong starting rotation. They've made some moves. Let's see what happens. Or is there like a real pressure on this team to compete right now?
0: I think there is a little bit of a pressure. I push back against the idea that they are an ultimate deadlocked, early 2000s Diamondbacks were all in for this year type of thing. I do disagree with that. Machado is still pretty young, but by comparison, he's still 29. You have Tatis, you have all these guys. But they're clearly in a little bit of a win now in the sense that, yeah, fans want something. I mean, when you have like a top five payroll, you can't be going out here and 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 doing all this stuff where you're just a, a, a below 500 team like they were last year, right? You can't have that. Um, and the other thing is with the amount of stuff they've traded – Right. I we've already talked about the Ty France thing, but with the Grisham trade with Lauer and Arias, and then with Snell with trading away Patino and just overall trading so much to get guys that will help you out now instead of waiting. There is an expectation that we don't want to just be okay. Right. We don't want to just be the what's a good example of an okay team, like a Guardians, right? Or like a a Minnesota twins. A Minnesota Twins or something like that. Right. Where you're yeah. you're hopeful that you can go pretty far, but it's not the end of the world. There's definitely a a, a sense of urgency. There's definitely been frustration, especially with a variety of things, with trades not working out and with uh, the Max Scherzer fiasco and with Fernando Tatis Jr., obviously with him saying which one in response to a motorcycle accident. That's not
1: great.
0: (laughs) it's not great, man. So I'd say they're not, I don't think that their time to win is as when now, as other people have made it out to be. But, in terms of wanting to be competitive. And yes, this is not a team where it's like, yeah, we hope we're pretty good this year, man. That'll be fun. No, this is a team that's trying to win right now and at least be competitive and be a team that can be exciting because there is a reason why everyone talked about them after 2020. They were a thrill to watch and they had all the momentum. I mean, Tom Verducci is writing about how Dodgers Padres could be the next Yankees Red Sox. They want to see a little bit of something instead of just a a fluky 2020 uh, on their resume.
1: No, I totally get that. So it's not like they have to win the World Series now, but you're mm-hmm. also at a spot where it's like they should compete and whatever mm-hmm. they do is a bonus because that window's still big. That's kind of what I'm feeling with Bryce Harper and the Phillies. Like the pressure mm-hmm. here is just just—it's just slightly different from the fan base because of the East Coast. Like every game is live yeah. or die because of the football yeah. culture in Philadelphia. Like you're, you're aware mm-hmm. how Philadelphia fans are and everything like that. In the state yeah. that comes with. So its it's very similar teams with very different fan bases, I feel like, and that's always really interesting. And it should make for what should be a really fun three-game series coming up here in Philadelphia. Man, I'm really excited about this one because if all else, if the Phillies lose the series, if the Padres lose the series, we're both going to see some really, really good baseball from both sides yeah. over the next mm-hmm. couple of days.
0: Yeah, these aren't boring teams, certainly. Uh, like that, That's one good thing for sure. This isn't a Pirates versus you know, Royals type of matchup, like at the minimum, we're going to see some huge home runs, probably, especially from your team is considering that, you know, Padres guys are a little bit unproven in some ways with a Darvish, with a Clevenger and with a Blake Snell, it should be a lot of fun. We might get some game winners and whatnot. I'm really excited. They didn't play the Phillies last year. I don't think they played the Phillies. Um, or no, yeah, they did. They played the Phillies. Yeah, last year, yeah, we got you guys. They had to have played them once. Uh, and I think they won that series, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm really curious to see how it all pans out. I think they played like over the July 4th weekend or something like that, actually, now I think about it. Um, I'm trying to remember. The last
1: season was such a blur with how the Phillies collapsed <laughs> and everything, man. The only thing I remember is Bryce Harper was good and Zach Wheeler was good.
0: Hey, hey, I can relate on the collapse thing. Trust me. It was a nightmare over here as well. But um, yeah, Connor, do you have any other last questions, last takes, last things you want to tell the good people of Lockdown Pirates and Lockdown Phillies for this very special and fun crossover?
1: Yeah, of course. The one last thing, just for an overview about the Phillies, if you're not aware, I mean, this team is one of the hottest offensive teams in baseball. So if you're looking something for, uh, as a Padres fan coming into this, what do you have to be worried about with the Phillies? Bryce Harper is one of the hottest hitters on the planet. This offense has just demolished one of the best, if not the best rotations in baseball with the Dodgers, and they're coming in really hot. So there's two camps right either they're going to stay hot and you're running into a really hot team or they're due for one of those quiet series because they've been hitting the ball so well but it's just if you're keeping an eye on anything if you're a Padres fan and if you're catching the Phillies for the first time this year because we're a whole country apart we're on the opposite coast well that's yeah. the calling card of this team right now is they're going to score runs they're going to try and put up high numbers and the defense is just going to uh do whatever. So that's my last takeaway. It's just the offense is the way the Phillies are going to win this series if they do indeed end up doing so.
0: And Padres, is going to be hopefully some clutch hitting and hopefully great starting pitching. Connor, this has been a lot of fun. Let me just tell everybody, go check them out. Go check out Locked on Phillies, YouTube and, and Twitters. What's your Twitter at? It's at ConnorThomas975. Why 975? Is that an area? Company? I work for
1: 97.5 The Fanatic. So it's the Sports Talk Radio there station you go. in Philadelphia. So I do that. And then there I do some go. local TV on our NBC Sports affiliate here in Philadelphia. So, yeah, that's just the awesome stuff over
0: there. Love that. Congratulations on that. Everybody can follow Lockdown Padres on YouTube as well, at LO underscore Padres, and then at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And with that being said, everybody stay faithful, and of course stay faithful always, my fire faithful homies. Take care, and Connor, this was the blast.
1: So-